Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson. Bud Elliott has submitted his bowl lock. So don't worry. You will be able to uh, to come get all of these sicko locks. I've got them in hand as uh, Bud Elliott. For those of you who watched the signing day recap show, as you know, he was in Fort Lauderdale. He had to make it all the way home. You know, he's he is being a, a real dad of the year, uh, recruiting analyst of the year. So I've got his picks to make sure that you're going to be able to get them. And of course, we've got all of our locks for you to come and get a reminder that we are using these Thursdays. We're, we're trying to keep you in the regular rhythm and the rotation of 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, we're going to come and do essentially like the next week's worth of games. So we're going to take you all the way through the Gasparilla Bowl, uh, and we're going to move chronologically for those of you who are jumping in and listening to this at different times. But before we do, uh, I do want to get the opinion of Danny Cannell and Tom Fernelli because uh, Bud Elliott and I got to discuss Travis Hunter's uh, flip from Florida State to Jackson State, uh, the biggest storyline on National Signing Day. DK, uh, I think that, oh, and Barton says hi. I don't know if y'all saw that, but uh, I got to watch it. I want to see it. I'm yeah, just happy Barton was wearing that shirt that he always wore on the show that I was like, well, that does just not seem like a Barton shirt, but Barton loves that shirt. It's a, it's like a pawn, you know, it's like a poncho it's with like hobo little, chic or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like I thought we were working in a professional work environment, Barton. He, he, uh, he did like, he pulled up the screen and you can see him. He kind of like almost has to get close. He goes, where's DK and Tom? <laughs> so he sends along his best. It, it was awesome, uh, to be able to have him, you know, give us an insight into Vanderbilt and also just catch up with, with a friend. So, uh, DK, I, your personal thoughts also, but then, you know, as we get to it, like, what's the group chat looking like, you know, other like members of the Florida state family as, as things are starting to, you know, evolve and move very quickly throughout Wednesday, you know, what do you think about one of the biggest recruiting stories of the modern era? It's bombshell. It's crazy. Um, and I do think like, not only does it impact Florida state, but this is one of those wild, like maybe once every 20 years type of stories that we hear about i don't think this is going to become the norm but so you guys know i was out yesterday because i was traveling i was in tallahassee the day before this went down the day before signing day and i went in i saw coach norvell talked to odell a couple of my guys ron dugans is my receiver coach he was my receiver when i was there so i was around there and i hey how's the class looking and man there was a lot of optimism you know there's a ton of optimism everybody's fired up feeling great hey we're gonna get a couple of these swing boats and i don't follow recruiting but I was familiar with Travis Hunter. And, and so I was like, hey, is Travis good to go? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not even 
a sliver of doubt that he was the guy and that he was committed. And he's been asked about it all offseason and all football season. Because when they start 0-4, you're like, oh, how committed is he? And he was null for life, null for life. So this was a shock uh, to everyone involved. No one saw this coming. And it's kind of crazy that in today's world that this could fly under the radar and truly be a bombshell. And even when Dion, because Dion went on Barstool Radio Tuesday and said, I'm going to shock the world. And I think people were like, yeah, okay, who you know, you can bring somebody in there, whatever. Like, okay, Dion. And he did. So I think it's a tough blow, clearly, to Florida State. Um, I don't think this is Mike Norvell's fault. I mean, I, I like you know, the fire Mike Norvell chat and fans saying, Oh, this is his fault, like you got out recruited. I don't buy that. I mean, there's only so many things you can take a kid at his word, and if he changes his mind. This is the business you're in. This is what happens when you're dealing with, especially in today's environment, 17, 18-year-olds. They're fickle, and who knows exactly what went on behind the scenes. But you got to wish them the best, say good luck, and you got to try to keep that momentum going. I will say this. The top, the class is still 13th, last I checked, which is mm-hmm. pretty impressive, you know, for a team top that finished three five in and- the ACC. Like, you're really only talking about North Carolina, Clemson, and Florida State. North Carolina finished top 10, but – Florida State still, you know, ahead of, you know, the other 11 teams in the conference. Yeah. So, I yeah, it's a rough blow. I don't think it's the end of the world. Like, and when was the last time a corner, you know, brought a team a national championship? You know, I don't, has that ever happened? You know, there's been impactful players. It's a team game. So, I would say the faster you can move on from this, Florida State fans, the better everyone's going to be. Yeah, it's... I don't know how I feel about it, honestly. It's just, it's a weird story. It was kind of like, it blew up, obviously, and it was the biggest story of recruiting. And it's just like, it's, I guess this is the new chapter of like Alex Collins' mom, you know, players like that. It's like, but it's just different now where, or maybe it's the same exact thing, except now we know what it is. Like maybe some parents were upset with their children making certain decisions based on some stuff that was happening under the table and what that was costing them. And now it's come to the light of day. But like I, I tweeted it as a joke yesterday, but it wasn't really a joke. I preferred my recruiting payments under the table. <laughs> I'd like Did to you keep- hear Jimbo? I didn't hear it live, but Bud filled me in that Jimbo, and listen, this is the swagger of a man who just is like in the running for the number one class and who feels like he and he just got a win over Nick Saban this past year. Like final record wasn't great, but it, surging confidence for Jimbo Fisher to be on the Paul Feinbaum show saying, yeah, we've had NIL, like wink, wink, like mm-hmm. we've had it for years. Yeah, it is hilarious now that coaches be like that they can just go on there and say stuff like that. It's like, oh, wow. So we can admit everything that we all knew was happening all along and for it has been for a long time. It's just, I don't know. Um, I hope it works out for him. I hope everything that they're doing works out. I don't, I feel like the money is important. Like I, I, again, we don't even know the details really. Like there's been a lot of speculation, but we don't know, have any firm, solid facts of what's going on, but just whatever decisions everybody's making, I hope they're making both the correct short term decision for themselves financially. But I hope there's a little more consideration into the long term. Uh, That's, and that's where, you know, a guy like Dabo Sweeney, who tries to, 
say that just gets roasted because he sounds like he's 97 years old and is living in the 1940s. But he brings up some really valid points. You know, decisions based only on money typically turned out to be bad decisions. Now, you might have some financial security, and but if that's the only factor that's coming into play, I would caution against that. Now, these there are great options out there where you can have the best of both worlds, and it remains to seen how that works out with Travis Hunter. I'm curious to know, too, what the what the deal looks like and where did the money come from? And I know, Tom, we were talking earlier, like you talked to Big Cat, I talked to him today. They're denying, Portnoy denied at Barstool, like, hey, we had nothing to do with it. I'm I'm not buying that. You know, I just, there's something more to this than just I want to go with Prime and I want to change, you know, the way people view HBCUs. I am a skeptic. So we'll see. Maybe it's wrong, but I, I highly doubt that's the situation that's unfolded. Well, there's also, uh, you know, there is the unique position that so many recruits do not experience. And in fact, a majority of recruits experience do not experience the privilege and the privilege that comes with being a truly special and unique football player where where you play football doesn't actually impact whether the NFL is going to be able to come and find you. Right. Like the the pitch for so many of the top programs in the country are to say, like, I am your best path to the NFL. And Travis Hunter's probably like, I, I am my best path to the NFL. It is me. And you get some ownership here. And so I'm, I'm, I think that the fact that it seems like the, the system is breaking and college football's in danger, like it, we're just, just getting shaken up a little bit, you know? We'll, we'll see there, how it's fall. I've got, I got buddies of mine who are rabid college football fans, and they're not Florida State fans. And they've texted me, this is ruining the game. And I have a hard time with that because I'm like, are, you know, are you sure? Like, why? Like, we had NIL July 1st. We had a whole season of college football. Did anybody notice? And it might have been the most entertaining season we've seen in 10 to 20 years. Like, this season was phenomenal. So, yeah, I get it. But I like Tom, I think what Tom said, I think a lot of people probably are coming to grips with that when you didn't really hear about it, it didn't bother you as much even though we all know it was going on, it just didn't feel as icky, I guess. But isn't that how America works? I mean, any one of us, I I won't name any other podcast companies or any companies, but if any of us were offered the most amount of money, it was significantly more, we'd probably be like, see you guys. And we wouldn't be mad at each other. We'd be like, congrats, way to go get the money. And yet, the one, and we don't even do it with coaches. Like no one even gets really mad at coaches for doing the same thing, but we treat the players differently. And I get it. You know, they haven't really proven it yet, but do they prove it in major league baseball when they get drafted, you know, out of high school? No, it's just, it's a weird dynamic. And I think the, it, again, like the faster people just come to the grips with, this is how it's going to be and sort of embrace it. It is. I do think it was very interesting. Did you guys, if you, you got to hear Jimbo's chuckle. Because he gives a good chuckle on that interview with Feinbaum, and it's it's a it's a knowing chuckle that's there, and I do think it's sort of ironic because Lane Kiffin also was one who spoke earlier this week and said free agency is here and transfer portal guys are going where the most money is. That all of a sudden, you know, these high profile coaches are very vocal and out front, but there are some things that are still, and this is what's frustrating to some coaches, is it's very unclear legally what you're able to do because by state it varies so for instance you're not allowed in the state of florida to 
orchestrate an NIL deal as, as a the school, as the school itself. So if Mike Norvell gets a call and he's talking to Travis Hunter, trying to make sure he comes to Florida State, and Travis Hunter says, "Well, I'm getting X," or Mike Norvell tries to, you know, he can't, he can't say, "Well, let me get these guys on the phone. We'll match." You know, I so it's it's a tricky situation, and no one really knows. Like who's taking maybe and I if I was a school I would be pushing the limits to the max saying what is anybody gonna do you know and the NCA comes down and they're trying to look at Miami for the deal with the workout company and of all places they're going to BYU to investigate the program that was given to walk-ons like are you kidding me I would be pushing the envelope saying hey this is the way it is if you guys want to take whatever away you want to punish us good luck but I would be I would be pushing the envelope and I think the teams that are are going to be the ones that have the more success recruiting and getting players in there sooner. Yeah, the uh, just just do the Auburn 2009-2010 method. You know, just, right. just go for it. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. And, <laughs> and Penny Hardaway did that at Memphis with basketball, didn't he? I mean, he was kind of like, mm-hmm. what are you guys going to do? I'm going to keep playing them. Oh, my gosh. James Wiseman, that is right. Uh, all right, we have a about a dozen or so games that will get us through the next week of bowl action gentlemen y'all ready to lock it up let's do it we're picking locks my blue plate special five-star locks are coming since 2005 when service academies look at these locks five-star master lock lock it up the under is 33.9 we've got over a million times you want these locks I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. Again, we are going to be trying to, to make it easy on you, the listener, whenever you get this. Uh, so we're going to be moving in chronological order, starting with the Bahamas Bowl. We're going to Nassau, Middle Tennessee, and Toledo. Uh, this game was not played last year, so very excited to get the, that fine uh, you know, Bahamas view on our screens, getting it going right about midday on Friday. Let's see who ended up getting the uh, getting the bid for this. I think we got some Kevin Nagandi might even have like Booger got to go to Bahamas. I mean, I think it might be Matt Berry because uh, he was doing a lot of Thursday night games from studio. I think they're letting him out. Like they're <laughs> oh, this is four guys been stuck in. I think because Barry enters the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's him. I'm not sure, but I think he's on the call. Thank All right. Uh, this, yeah, this I I only say that because I feel like it is a it's a coveted it's a coveted assignment. Oh, yeah, to be yeah. able to go kick it in the Bahamas and watch a little uh, Conference USA MAC action. So uh, Toledo favored by about ten points. Are over under on fifty and a half. Does anybody have a lock for the Bahamas Bowl? Chip, lay them. Lay them with the Rockets. This is a great time to introduce uh, one of my principles, which I will be riding at times, but also ignoring, you know, like many. I think that when the odds makers show you that one team is way better and it's a bowl game, sometimes you just lay them because Middle Tennessee, much love to you, Jordan, but Middle Tennessee has watched the film all season and knows that Toledo's a better football team. And in fact, if not for some disappointing close losses for Toledo through the season, Toledo should have been playing for a MAC championship game. It's one of the best offenses in the MAC, one of the best defenses in the MAC. And while Middle Tennessee does lead the nation in takeaways, and that could be problematic, guess what? Toledo leads the nation in not turning the ball over. It's like the one strength that Middle Tennessee has here is, uh, is also something that Toledo is not going to feed into. 
when you get into the later stages of games that are lopsided in the bowl season, like you could argue quit. You could argue the coaches just want to make sure nobody gets hurt. You know, we just, the, the leverage has been decided. We're just going to play this thing out and send everybody home uh, healthy with their bowl swag bag. This to me has one of those feels where Toledo has been the better team for most of the season. And uh, I'm going to trust that they're going to be able to pull away late. So give me Toledo and I will lay the 10 points. Well, huge update. It is Kevin Nagandi, Booger McFarland, and Katie George calling the game on ESPN. So right. sorry, Barry. <laughs> He's stuck in studio again they're in keep, Bristol. They're keeping you in the cage, buddy. Um, I Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like 10 is a little too much. And Middle Tennessee is like one of those teams that's just all year long has been so difficult to get a read on. So I guess in that sense, they're like the perfect bowl team because bowl games are so much more difficult to read. But I will say Bahamas, an mm. island, Caribbean, that time of year. Temperatures, yeah, temps are going to be in the upper 70s, but right now the, the forecast calls for 12 to 13 mile per hour winds. Mm. So that's something to keep an eye on heading into Friday morning. Early trend I noticed because I did a, a early pick selection for HQ uh, earlier in the week. I was leaning a lot of overs because these teams are bad. And you know why they're bad? They don't play much defense. Mm -hmm. you know, and I know you got like they're bad on offense too, but I was leaning towards a lot of overs. I don't have a play in this one. This game also has been a little wacky for whatever reason. Like there have been some wild finishes in this one too. I don't have a play in it, but I don't know. I probably would lean the over. It's pretty low too, 49 and a half, but I don't have a play. Yeah, and for what it's worth, while there's no like set trend year to year, I will say unders are typically better in the regular season as far as winning more often. Once you get to the bowl season, overs tend to hit a lot more often. Mm. I think there's a give a crap factor. Like yeah. we always talk about who wants to be there. Like those defenders, they just want to get out of there healthy. Like that's mm -hmm. priority number one. And the offensive guys, a lot of times you're more opportunity to impress. It's just, I don't know. I feel like it's definitely leans towards offense in the bowl season. The uh, night game of Friday is the Cure Bowl, and we will be in Orlando, Florida for Northern Illinois and Coastal Carolina. The Chanticleers favored by about 10.5 points. Anyone got a lock for this one? I do. Go Take, for it. Taking the same kind of approach you took for the last game. Taking Coastal and laying the points. I think that Northern Illinois is a very good story. It's a fun turnaround going from winless last year in the COVID shortened season to winning the Mac this season and doing so in kind of like, you know, heart attack fashion where seven of their nine wins were one score games. But I just don't think this is a very good matchup for the Huskies because they're similar on offense in that while they do, they go about it in different ways, both coastal and Northern run the ball predominantly it's it's what they do but defensively there is a huge gap between these teams like northern illinois rush defense is awful coastal's defense is good so two running teams going against each other one of them has a good run defense the other one has a bad run defense i think we know how that goes in most cases so i'm gonna lay the points with coastal Bud jumping in here. He has Coastal NIU under 64 and a half. His note here, both teams should look to pound it on the ground. Two running teams, clock moves a little bit. Uh, so let's we'll get Bud in there for the under on Coastal Northern Illinois. Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. A little bit of a nice little morning kick in Boca Raton at FAU Stadium, App State. 
favored by three over Bailey Zappi and Western Kentucky. Over under set at 67 and a half. Both these teams made the conference championship game, but neither of them won. But, you know, we're talking about two very quality programs. Who's got a lock for the Boca Bowl? I got a lock. I got a question, though, for you guys. Okay. Sure. It's down the street. I went last year, but it was at a nighttime game. It was night. Um, I got offered again. Really tight with some of the people that helped bring the bowl there. But I also have a nine-year-old soccer tournament. Now, I could be rushing back and forth. Like, I go soccer game, Boca Bowl, back. Is it worth it, or do I just relax? Like, is this one of the ones you go check out? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the best bowl games of the first week. That's I, I I'm not trying to add stress. I know. And, and I'm not trying to set a I'm not trying to lay a snare for you, my friend. I do not I want to try. I, I think I could pull it all off. It's just okay. gonna be a lot of run around. Last year was Zach Wilson. Like I've sat there with Mike Tannenbaum, who'll probably be there, and you get to see Bailey Zap. So maybe have to uh I mean I'm, I'm just worried you won't make it back to the soccer. That's what I'm saying. That you're playing in soccer bokeable soccer, and I'm yeah. worried that it's like soccer bokeable. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I mean, it was a great game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. we'll work that out in the family front all right i'm gonna go with bailey zappy uh, i mentioned him talking to tyson helton he wants joe burrow's record they want to get he's at 56 touchdown passes i believe right now he wants the 60 i think they're gonna do anything and everything to get it i think western kentucky's a really good football team not that app state is not um but i'm gonna go with the underdog here getting the three points fight fight Fight, fight. Never lost. <laughs> the Appalachian State Mountaineers have never, ever lost a bowl game. Now, they've only been an FBS team for just a little bit, but a 6-0 and record in bowl games as a program for the Mountaineers. This is a, I mean, like, go back all the way to uh, the FCS National Championship runs. At one point, they had won 13 postseason games in a row uh, across that run before, I think, in 2009, like in the quarters or something, it finally ended up getting uh, getting snapped. And I, I think that I am riding a little bit of just sort of like, this is what we do, program principle, and App State being a very good team. I think that ultimately, App is more balanced, run pass, App is more balanced offense defense, but I think it's going to be a fantastic game. However, I do think that the way the app wins this game is by leaning on the ground game, playing a little keep away. So I'm also going to be locking up the under at 67 and a half doing that terrifying dance of taking an under in a Western Kentucky game. I know what I'm doing. I know it's risky, uh, but uh, Tom, can we get a winds check for 11 a.m., sun high in the sky in Boca Raton? Uh, there there will be some wind. It will be between 10 and 13 miles per hour as of now. But, you know, it's, it's Florida. That could change in 30 seconds. It's going to be breezy. That's what it'll be, breezy. And uh, and Bud Elliott is uh, is going to make it uh, a bar fight <laughs> and jump in on app minus three. Ooh. Oh. So you guys are going with Chase Bryce? <laughs> man so i got the guy who just led the country in passing yards like lit it up and you got the guy who's on his third school who does have a little bit of a turnover issue i'll take my chances oh man <laughs> loyal cover three listeners Stu uh has like 
has he's ridden the Chase Bryce roller coaster where he's yeah. been like, you guys, you guys are being too mean to him. And then like the Louisiana game happened and he came back and he was like, yeah, sorry about that. And then he <laughs> then he had the huge game. I think it was against Coastal. Remember when yes. he was throwing yeah. bombs awesome. down the field? He's like, Chase Bryce is back. And then you're like, oh, okay, well. So yeah, the, I understand what I'm doing riding the Chase Bryce roller coaster, but it's a very funny and very uh, apt point from you. All right, 2.15, so we're going to be getting going again at 11 a.m. on Saturday, 2.15, UTEP and Fresno State. Fresno favored by 11 and a half. Uh, anybody got a lock here? I do. Go for it. I'm taking the over 51 and a half. This is a numbers play because my numbers have this total closer to 54, and that's some pretty decent value for a bowl game and that's where i'm gonna go and i also like i do have some concerns though so i'm telling you my numbers tell me to do this but there's a lot of change at fresno caleb DeBoer's gone i don't know what the situation is with jake hayner right now like he was transferring now he's not transferring or he's still transferring he's just not going to washington i don't know so the fresno state offense could be a problem for this game so maybe taking utep is the smarter play but i just think defensively these are two teams that are vulnerable to the other the each the other team so it's not a great matchup for either side so i'm going over fight 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 not from me wow from bud and i'm not going to do a good bud impression but i'm just going to guess that we've got a numbers battle here. I've got to get, I, I've just got, I'm going to jump out on a limb and I'm going to say that when he puts UTEP Fresno under 52 and a half, he's looking, it's like, yeah, I would have made this about 51 and a half. You know, like, <laughs> um, I, he, yeah, he's, he's on the, uh, the other side of it. He, I've Let got to hop in with Bud. Oh, that under. what? Yes. Let's go. It's not the same tally. You know you can't catch Tom. This is a brand new competition. I know. Here. I know. Um, you like the under? I'm going to lean this one as well. You know what's great is, you know, I travel mostly to New York City, which isn't a hotbed of college football fans. So, like, I'll see people. Maybe there's a Giants fan who recognizes me. But I was at the Army-Navy game, which you guys did a great job. And then I was in Tallahassee. So, I've been in college football heaven, like at two of these great rivalries. And I walk around and people are like, hey, cover three. Love you guys on cover three. You know what most of them say? They're like, Bud's a machine. That guy, Bud, what a machine he is because he has crushed it this year. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, if you follow any one of us, I'm like, go take Bud's picks. And they're like, oh, his system. They all want to know about his system. So I'm going to ride on Bud's, uh, Bud's coattails here. But I did have it noted as a, uh, as a potential play. So that kind of put me over the top. Like fade Fresno from being as good on offense as it's been. Would that be the? I also think yeah. I mean, there's point? question marks. I mean, like I do think there's some concern about what direction this thing is going to go. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty here in this one. Yeah, and that's that's one thing I think the listeners should know about every single bowl game. It's so much more difficult to bet bowl games than it is regular season games because you really have there are so many different factors that you don't have to consider during the regular season that you now suddenly have to consider. And even like, you know, the sports books, like their lines are <laughs> sometimes they're going to seem way off. Sometimes they're going to seem way on. Like they don't have as tight of a handle on what's going to happen either. They can only go on what their numbers are telling them. So it's, it is a wild time. Just try to have fun during bowl season. Don't expect to win a whole lot. Yeah. 
Exactly. We're just pushing it around. We're just pushing some money around a little bit here, a little bit there, uh, all on the ledger. Uh, again, Saturday is just absolutely loaded. 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on ABC, we will have the Independence Bowl. BYU and UAB, the Cougs are favored by seven over under of 54 and a half. Anyone got a lock? I do. I am on another over. The oh. over 54 and a half. Honestly, this is this is a situation where part of the thought process for me behind this one is I wouldn't be surprised if BYU does most of the damage here itself as far as getting to the total. That's my lock, by the way. I'm I'm go ahead. Yeah, I I but that's the thing. Like UAB is also good enough where I think that they could take advantage of the BYU defense. So I am not entirely comfortable taking the Cougars to cover the spread. Instead, I think this one, as long as it's under 56, I feel like it's a pretty solid play to go over because I do think this one can get a little, uh, not wet, but wild. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to take BYU minus seven, sort of similar to the Toledo principle earlier. I just think these are two teams on way different levels. I don't know if... Uh, I, I know that sometimes they will factor in a travel advantage, so it's not quite a home field advantage, but there's no way that this game being played in Shreveport is going to get the same kind of treatment uh, as BYU has to come from Provo while UAB is going to be coming from Birmingham. But while UAB has sort of as a as a program and as a team been a group that defensively could somewhat slow Jaron Hall, Tyler Alligier. I just think that eventually over the course of four quarters, even if they get off to a sluggish, slow body clock, travel across the country type start, um, UAB does not have the horses to be able to keep up with BYU's offense. So that's why I'm going to lay the points. I can get you six and a half, by the way. Let's go. Wait, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. You mentioned something there. Give me the under. Oh, Let's lock you. it up. Let's fight. Let's fight it out. Fight. <laughs> just want to fight me all the time. No, 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 I don't. This is a – you mentioned Tyler Algier, who's awesome. He's been spectacular. UAB has the number one rushing defense uh, in their conference. I think they want to try to make this game ugly because I think they realize they have an advantage uh, – they're disadvantaged with horses. I mean, you mentioned it. I don't think they have as good of athletes, but what they do have – is consistently one of the better defenses in the country. I would lean towards laying the points with BYU, but I just feel like UAB's game plan is going to be to try to make this thing ugly, run the football, stop the run, put it on their shoulders, which I think leads to a lower scoring game. The lending overs are coming. <laughs> the lending- like overs, yeah, let's go. Barton Simmons' appearance has inspired Tom to take some overs, says Derek in the chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the over army, the general checked in, and everything's gone crazy. All right, e- the Lending Tree Bowl has Eastern Michigan going up against Liberty. So we will be in Mobile for this one. The line is Liberty minus nine and a half, over under of 58 and a half. I'm not locking anything up. But, but I would rather be on Eastern Michigan. Mm. Do we is, is Malik Willis playing in this game? Yes, that's yes, why yes. I'm locking up Liberty. Okay, I, I still Give me think, Liberty. All right, you're taking. Right, I can get you eight and a half. There we go. I love it. I he, I just was looking it up before the show started. He is. He wants to finish out his season with his guys. That to me tells you he realizes he has to have one more good impression for the NFL scouts as he's going to try to impress for the draft coming up. 
Still think he's one of the more dynamic players. I don't think the season unfolded quite the way he would have wanted to, but coming to back to playing this game tells me they're, he's going to be on a mission. I think his teammates will appreciate that, and I also think his coach will appreciate that too and allow him to put on a show of sorts. Yeah, my concern is that like Malik Willis is still there, obviously, and he's still an NFL talent. It's just I feel like the rest of that team is not nearly as good as it was last year. But against like an Ole Miss, it gets exposed. But I think in this type of game against this type of opponent, I think you can Malik Willis Steph, can do yeah, a lot of damage. Yeah. My lean is to Danny's side. I'm not going to make it a lock, but my angle is less Malik Willis and more Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze is a plus value bowl coach. Uh, at Liberty, so far, he's 2-0, and winning two uh, Cure Bowls. He won the Sugar Bowl in 2015, lost the Peach Bowl in 2014, won the Music City in 2013, won the Compass Bowl in 2012. So, I mean, that's one, two, three, four. That's five and one record uh, in bowl games. And I think that uh, this is where... This is where Hugh Freeze, as someone who we looked at as an innovative offensive mind or as a good offensive coach, game planner, play caller, maybe all that time for preparation to be able to get some matchup-specific advantages could come into play. But the inconsistencies of Liberty throughout the season are ultimately why I'm not firing it. But I do like uh, where your head's at, DK. I would lean that way uh, myself. All right. The Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. Congrats. James Kimmel uh, will be in SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, Utah State and Oregon State. Oregon State favored by seven over under of 67 and a half. Who's got a lock? Well, first of all, I can't believe we're just letting people sponsor games now. What has become of this sport that we love? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got to come around and we've got to get a cover three bowl. That's mm-hmm. the that's yeah. the next step for us. Um. I got one. I, I'm locking up Utah State plus seven and a half. They play hard. And I also think that offensively, like I, I was considering the over in here too, but it's like I, I feel like coming in and taking like an over 67 is just something I'm not comfortable doing as a human being. But I think this could be kind of a shootout in which neither team is ever really capable of pulling away from the other because Oregon State's offense is good. It's defense. I think it's got the better of the two in this matchup, but it's not exactly a reliable defense. And I think this is a Utah State team that offensively has been solid all season. And I think that, you know, coming off a, like, look what they were able to do to San Diego State in the Mountain West Championship game. And that's a good San Diego State defense. If they're able to do that to the Aztecs, I think they're going to be able to put up points against the Beavers. So give me the Aggies plus seven and a half. Fight, fight. So I've got two people's picks here, Tom. And Danny, you can weigh in here too. Which one of us do you think is out here on Utah State and which one of us is on Oregon State? Sure, I know. Huh? You think you know? Yeah. I'm going to say Chip's on Oregon State. I'm going to say Chip's on Utah State. Yeah, Yeah, they fight. Utah State (laughs) fights. They never stop competing. They don't quit. Logan Bonner, this you. I mean, I love the Utah State just sort of mojo and confidence coming off of thrashing San Diego State in that Mountain West Championship game, uh, the culmination of the season. This has got. I understand Oregon State has its own excitement. Hey, we're bowl eligible, and Jonathan Smith has gotten us there. The the success that uh, the Beavers have had give make them have as much motivation uh, as 
you are going to see from Utah State. I love this game because I don't see much quit factor from either one of these teams, but I do think that Utah State uh, is going to be able to win this game. And uh, with seven points or seven and a half points, it sounds like that I can get. Like, I, I understand why the numbers say that it's seven points, but it's a coin flip game to me. I, I truly think that either one of these teams has about the same chance to win. So uh, give me the Aggies and Bud's numbers say I'm an idiot, I guess, because he's got uh, Oregon State minus seven. I'm gonna Bud's take numbers under. can't measure heart. I'm going to take, under. Under. take the under in this one. Uh, Oregon State's going to have success running the football on UT, Utah State. Utah State has struggled to get off the field um, all year long. And I think Oregon State wants to take advantage of that. Um, I don't try. I, I, I was, what was it? I think it was Boise State, the Utah State, Boise State. I was in studio. We uh, had it on CBS. It was CBS it was Sports a Network. And bad uh, Utah State game. Yeah, your guy Logan Bonner was struggling to find the right jerseys. That one still like kind of impacts me. So I'm going to, I'm not going to take a side. I'm going to tackle the under. Again, another underplay for me as I was coming in here talking about all the <laughs> offense. <laughs> Um, and then the nightcap on uh, a loaded Saturday. It is Louisiana and Marshall in the New Orleans Bowl. The Raging Cajuns favored by five over under of 55. Anybody got a lock? Give me Marshall and the points. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the spread's too big. I also think like I, Billy Napier is left. He's at Florida just wrapped up the recruiting class, did a pretty good job, solid job saving it, you know, saving them from Dan Mullen's, you know, dumpster of recruiting class or however Florida fans were framing it at the time. And I just wonder, like, when it comes to the bowl season, we talked about, like, how motivated will Louisiana be to be in this game? You know, they've, it's in New Orleans, so it's not like they're traveling or going anywhere. They're pretty much staying home, playing in a game they've played in. Meanwhile, Marshall, Charles Huff's first year coming in, probably want to end the season on a good note. Louisiana is probably in a position where it just wants to end the season and start moving on. And so I, I think Marshall's got more motivation. I think there's probably been a little bit more focus and practice leading up to this game. So give me the herd and the points. Who's coaching for Louisiana? Is Napier sticking around and double duty so. and yeah, I think he is. I think he's like going to finish what he started, but yet he's recruiting and working in Gainesville at the same time. I get nervous with these actually when you like, because I think the assumption that coach is gone means the oh. team's going to play bad is a scary assumption. Like we promoted uh, Desmora. Yeah. Or did, mm-hmm. oh, hold on. Um, Desormo. Is that what they did? Desormo. Desormo. Sorry. Desmora. It's Michael uh, Desormo with the promotion to being the full-time head coach, according to the Louisiana game notes, he is the team's head coach. Career That's record right. zero and zero. So this Napier's, will be his first game. Napier stuck around to coach the conference championship game. That's what he did because mm-hmm. he took the job the week of, but he stuck around for that and he bolted after the bowl, which I don't have a problem with. But uh, like, I don't put too much into the coaching is not there. That was kind of going to be my point. Like Even if he was there or not there, I think we put way too much emphasis on that aspect of it. I think the players can use this as a us against the world approach too, rather than, you know, I just, I don't have a good feel for this one. I don't have a play in it. Um, okay. So then that brings us to Monday. Uh, Monday, we are going to be going to Myrtle Beach, Conway, South Carolina, uh, Old Dominion and Tulsa. Tulsa favored by nine and a half over under a 52 and a half. 
Too many daggone points for Tulsa to get in this game. You're going to let Tulsa have nine and a half whole points? Gracious. Ricky Ronnie didn't take the whole 2020 season off to show up in a bowl game in 2021 and get beat by double digits by Tulsa. No, no, no. I'm telling you that the wind, the warm wind, and I understand that Tulsa is very used to wind as well, but it's a different kind of wind out there in Oklahoma. But what Old Dominion gets up in the 757, up in the Tidewater kind of area of Virginia, it's that same kind of Atlantic swampy wind that you're going to face uh, down there in Myrtle Beach. Uh, I like the Monarchs to just, more than anything, this is a uh, an idea that ODU is going to be able to keep this thing close. I, I do not trust Tulsa with a nine and a half points, nine and a half point spread um, based on everything that they've done this year. Just doesn't, doesn't seem like that kind of team that's going to turn this into a blowout. I could be very wrong here, but uh, I will take ODU and I will take those points. Lock agreement. Yes. Let's go. Lock it up, baby. Yes. I'll lock unity. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's – and also, let's remember, like, Old Dominion's got fresher legs. They took last season off. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that comes into play, though. Like, they are they are hungrier. They got robbed of an entire year. They're 9-3 and three against the spread this year. Uh, twice they covered as an underdog of 9.5 points or more. Um, I also – I got a two-for-one special here. Give me the over – can I get 52? Where's my number at? I can get you 52. Yep. Perfect. I'll take the over in that one because if I like Old Dominion, they're 5-0 and against the spread and 4-1 and overall when the team records more than 27.4 points. I do think they're going to score a lot of points in this one to get me the cover. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take the over in this one as well. Stats and facts. Shout out to Justin Page and the research team. Yeah, He's got his docs up. I love when I've got my uh, Google Docs up. That uh, that's again like Justin Page does a fantastic job. The entire CBS Sports research team is awesome. But I love when I pull it up and I see the little D up there because it means Danny Cannell also has this thing pulled up and is getting uh, all the good stats and facts. Also, Danny, you mentioned Old Dominion's record against the spread this year. If you look at Tulsa on the season, they're seven and five, but they're 4-0 as an underdog, and only 3-5 and as a favorite. Mm. Can't be trusted with that many points. Won't do it. Coming up on the other side, we continue our locks here for episode one of the Bowl Locks. We'll be taking a look at a fantastic game in Frisco, Texas, the Armed Forces Bowl, and an in-state rivalry in the Gasparilla Bowl, and more next if you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. <laughs> 
This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, let's head out to the Smurf Turf, Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho. Kent State and Wyoming. Wyoming favored by three. Familiar territory for the Cowboys. Uh, Golden Flashes come in with a, uh, I guess you you could say it was a very disappointing showing in the MAC championship game, right? No, they, no need to be nice about it. They they could have played better. They fell behind early. Very disappointing. So. They are going to be looking for a bounce back. Uh, Wyoming at six and six on the season. What do we think about here? And uh, who's got a lock? I I don't have a lock. This is a weird line to me. So Bud's on Wyoming minus three, and uh, I, I think that it's you know because um, yeah, I make this game six and a half. Uh, no, like I don't I don't know what his angle would be. I would take Wyoming with just like the familiar territory, right? I mean, you're just you're used to playing in this stadium. You're used to, you know, this trip. You're used to the elements. Um, but I, I don't have a strong feel here in, in this game either myself. Yeah, I, it's, it's the classic kind of matchup and you have like a high-paced, high-scoring explosive offense going against a much slower-paced, you know, complementary football we want to win the field position battle so it's it's an interesting matchup and that's kind of what makes it even more difficult to really handicap because from week to week wyoming i it was a different team every week like some weeks it was good some weeks it was bad kent state was pretty much like you said they really kind of played like crap in the mac title game but for the most part they were pretty consistent so that kind of leads me to kent state but i don't know i, I i'm staying away from it Wind? What's our weather going to be in Boise? On uh, and I know, su- subject to change, always. Yeah, there's nothing worth thinking or knowing about really right now. Okay. It's like right now, it's like six mile per hour winds. Sad. And we're even going to have a you know afternoon kickoff with the sun in the sky. Sun powers the wind. I mean, I really thought that it's gonna be windy it won't be windy in boise but (laughs) something that we can uh we we can at least uh keep our eyes on all right at turning our attention to the aforementioned frisco bowl uh in frisco texas fantastic game Uh, 23 combined wins between utsa and san diego state the roadrunners coming in after being champ being crowned the champions of conference usa san diego state looking for a bounce back after a disappointing loss to utah state in the mountain west championship game jeff trailer's roadrunners are two and a half point favorites over under a 49 and a half anybody got a lock give me the tax plus two and a half Mm -hmm. i think this is one of my favorite games of the bowl season. It was at number seven in my bowl rankings, the highest-ranked non-New Year's Six Bowl. I think it's an awesome matchup. I think it's going to be a really fun game. I worry about how effective UTSA's run game is going to be against this San Diego State defense, and I think that will impact them offensively overall because everything they do kind of centers around Sincere McCormick being able to run the ball. So... Give me the Aztecs plus two and a half. I think there's a decent chance they win it, so I'll take the points. Lock it up. <sighs> um, 
I think San Diego State is the better team. I think they play in the better conference. They've had more success in that conference against better competition. The one, the teams they've struggled against have been the teams that can throw the ball really well. I like Frank Harris, but he's not going to torch them for 400 yards through the air. They're built to stop the run. They see the run every day in practice. I think they're going to run the ball a lot, which is why I'm going to go ahead and take the under mm-hmm. in this as well. Uh, you're going to see it. And that's Brady Hoke. They have an identity. It really hasn't changed that much since before he was there and Rocky Long was there. They've always been a physical team, and Brady Hoke has just kind of enhanced it. They are committed to running the football. I think UTSA will get worn down. I think it'll be one of those slow-the-game-down type of games, and I think San Diego State's defense will be the difference. So give me. I, I, like, uh, I like the way you're thinking, too, about San Diego State potentially winning the game. I like the way you're thinking about that, too. But more later... Like there's a portion in the show when we might be able to take advantage of such opportunities. All right, let's uh, let's head to Fort Worth where we've got the Armed Forces Bowl, uh, Army in Missouri, and the Black Knights coming off that disappointing loss to Navy are favored by three and a half over under around 57. Ooh. Right? Isn't that kind of a, huh? I mean... Whatever, let's go, Mizzou. Give me those points. I, like, you're going to tell me Missouri's going to be an underdog in this game? Like, is, is this an opt-out watch? I mean, may, maybe so. Maybe it's a motivational watch. But I, I trust the alpha nerd way too much uh, for me to think that I'm not at least sitting on some value. I actually, now that I say it, it's Missouri's run defense. That's it's the reason why Army's favorite. Pretty awful, yeah. Whatever, I'll stick with it. Just a matter of <laughs> principle. It's just like Missouri is a three and a half point underdog. Um, come on, Tigers, show some pride. I mean, I I'm avoiding betting bowl games with option teams ahead of, of beforehand. I'm gonna wait till the game starts because then I'm gonna get an idea of how interested Missouri is in trying to stop it. You know what I mean? Because their their rush defense is terrible to begin with. They rank 123rd nationally in EPA against the run, and they are 122nd in success rate against the run, which is not really the best place to be going up against an option offense. So it's really going to be it's going to be desire in this game. If Mizzou shows up and looks like it's fired up and ready to play and it's ready to tackle this thing and take it on head first, I think the Tigers probably win this game pretty easily. But if they don't, man. It could be an absolute blowout. Give me Mizzou and the points, too. Lock it up. I hate it. I feel like I am the patriot of this show. (laughs) I usually try to back one of our uh, academy service academies, but I was just there. I mentioned it. Army couldn't get off the field against Navy's rushing attack. Tyler Beatty, you know, had an incredible year. Five 200 rush yard games. They're committed to the run. Um, I know, you know, with Bazelak out, they are playing, they're thinking about playing two quarterbacks. That concerns me somewhat, but I don't think it's going to matter. I think they're going to be able to run on army. Um, I also, I'm going to take the over. I think it's a higher number. So this is one of those ones. I think this could be similar. Cause I don't know if Mizzou, they're not going to want to be seeing those guys coming at their ankles either. So I think army will have some success running it. I think there'll be some big plays in there as well. I wouldn't be surprised if this is similar to the Western Kentucky game, to the Wake Forest game, where it's just a higher scoring game than people think. Because I think the picture is, oh, well, 
yeah, we're going to keep this low scoring, shorten the game. But I think Army will have some success offensively too with a couple big hitting plays. So give me the over as well. Let's load it up. I'm just spraying the board. Uh, all right, that takes us to Thursday. So a reminder, on Thursday the 23rd, uh, we are going to be meeting with you at 11 a.m. Eastern time to lay out our next week of locks. But we want to make sure that uh, we've already got that day's picks on deck. So we're going to go ahead and cover those here. So we're going back to Frisco. Shout out to Frisco, Texas. Getting the most out of that stadium. <laughs> Uh, North Texas and Miami of Ohio. Both teams come in six and six. Miami of Ohio favored by three over under a 54. We're at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Anyone got a lock? No. <laughs> I've got no idea. I've, I've sick. I will say my lean is toward Miami of Ohio, but I would be leaning a little more if it was under three, where it's, it's minus three everywhere now. It opened at minus four. If it gets down to like the two and a half, two range before kickoff, I might take a flyer. I might also consider the over, but there's just, there's nothing here that I love enough to lock up. It's a weird game. I yeah. would lean toward Miami. Uh, Brett Gabbert, younger brother, Blaine's been pretty solid. 24 touchdowns, six interceptions. I gave it out when I gave our picks with uh, Brady Quinn and our pick show, but I didn't love it. You know, Seth Rattrell probably saved his job with a strong finish to the end. They started one in six. They were able to knock off UTSA and one of the shockers like blew them out. So I don't, I don't, I just don't know what I'm going to get out of these two teams. I don't love either side. I had to do a HQ segment of like, name your favorite bowl games and I did Frisco. And right as I was on air, I said, oh man, I really hope they know it was UTSA San Diego State. <laughs> I do not have the talking points ready for North Texas Miami if Chris Hassel goes to me right now, uh, but it ended up working out. Uh, then the nightcap on Thursday, we are going to be going to Tampa uh, for the Gasparilla Bowl, UCF and Florida. Florida skeleton coaching staff. I mean, mm -hmm. normally not Billy Napier being out there. Uh, I think Emory Jones is going to play in the bowl game, but then transfer after that catch that that was some Wednesday night. Is that what, he's I definitely leaving. I saw that, but is he playing? Uh, Florida Anthony Richardson's out too with this injury. He's getting cleaned up. Yeah. He had the little meniscus uh, surgery. Um, yeah, yes. it, says, it says he plans to enter the transfer portal following the Gasparilla bowl. So that means he's planning to play. Hey, 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 that means we've got ourselves an audition. <laughs> Emory Jones is True. playing for an offer in the transfer portal. I've um, always seen enough. <laughs> saw, I'm just kidding. That was mean. <laughs> um, Florida favored by six and a half over under 55 and a half. Anybody got a lock? I'm not locking it up, but like it's so hard because I feel like if this is an actual football game, even for all the problems Florida had, they should cover this spread. So that's where I'm leaning, but because of all the problems Florida has had, because of the motivation for questions, I, I'm not locking anything up, but I would lean Florida. Just it's like an SEC team going against an AAC team. You would you kind of typically history suggests take the SEC team in these spots. But this also is the ultimate, oh, we didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. But you would think against guys that they probably know from high school, from spending time, like they're not going to just hang it up against you know, guys that they 
They know, but I do not. I would lean the over. I think this is one of those games that could be a little wackier. I mean, Samford put up, you know, 50-plus on this Florida defense. Um, but the new UCF offense? I know. They just know. won the ball. Mikey Keene. <laughs> He's going to be able to. I don't, I don't have a good feel for this game. I think it's – I don't know. I think this was one of those ones I looked at and I was like, kind of glad Florida State's not playing in a ball if it's going to be one of these. Pass. Yeah. All right. I, I don't have it hooked up, so we just had to spin the mic down. <laughs> Let's take it to the money line sprinkles. Um, what do you have? I've got one, two, three sprinkles. What about y'all? I'll go ahead and give you buds. Bud sprinkles are Marshall and ODU. Now, are we starting a separate sprinkles competition for the bowls? Or are we just tacking yeah. on? Yes, we're starting from scratch because that was okay. awful. All right. So, Bud has, what was that? Marshall and Old Dominion. Okay, hold on one second. Tom, sorry, I should have prepared this before. <laughs> Here, Joey, I'll go ahead and give you mine. So, Bud has Marshall and Old Dominion. I'll add the numbers in later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I've got Utah State. Okay. San Diego State. Okay. And Missouri. Okay. Daniel. I'll go San Diego State, Missouri, and Kent State. All right. We've got a lot of crossover here. My bull sprinkles are I am taking Marshall. I am taking Missouri and I'm taking UCF just in case. <laughs> I mean, you have a lock infinity on Missouri. Do we all three? No. Oh yeah, we do. Oh no. Unity. Unity. Yeah. 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 yeah because oh, I thought Bud threw it in there too. <laughs> no. He had Marshall. Okay. okay. We haven't tried this in weeks. Let me see if I can pull this up. Tell me if it goes blue screen. Or tell me if uh, y'all can see it. Yes. Okay. I got it. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. To review, Tom is going to be on Coastal Carolina minus 10 and a half. The Fresno UTEP over 51 and a half. BYU UAB over 54 and a half. Utah State plus seven and a half. Marshall plus five. ODU plus nine and a half. San Diego State plus two and a half. Chip is on App State minus three. Toledo minus 10. App State, Western Kentucky, under 67. The Utah State, plus 7.5. Missouri, plus 3.5. Old Dominion, plus 9.5. And and BYU, minus 6.5. Danny, spraying the board! Western Kentucky, plus 3. Fresno, UTEP, under 52. BYU, UAB, under 55. Liberty, minus 8.5. Missouri, plus 3.5. Old Dominion, plus 9.5. San Diego State, plus 2.5. The Tulsa, Old Dominion, over 52. San Diego State, UTSA, under 50. Oregon State, Utah State, under 67 and a half. And Missouri Army, over 57. Bud, dad of the year, very disciplined. App State, minus three. Fresno, UTEP, under 52. Coastal, Northern Illinois, under 64. 
Oregon State minus seven, Wyoming minus three. Uh, lock, we got several bar fights on the board. Uh, the first one is App State and Western Kentucky. Bud and Chip on App State. Danny on Western Kentucky. The next one, Fresno, UTEP total. We've got Danny and Bud on the under, Tom on the over. Uh, a lock fight for BYU-UAB between Tom and Danny on the total. Uh, Tom is on the over. Danny is on the under. We've got a bar fight for uh, Utah State, Oregon State. Tom and Chip on Utah State. Bud on Oregon State. We've got a lock agreement, Missouri plus three and a half for Danny and Chip. We've got the uh, UNITY for Old Dominion plus nine and a half and a lock agreement, Tom and Danny on San Diego State plus two and a half. Uh, sprinkles are Marshall, Mizzou, and UCF for Tom. Utah State, San Diego State, Mizzou for Chip. San Diego State, Mizzou for Danny and Marshall and Old Dominion for Bud. Woo! For those of you who uh, watch, who are listening to the audio product, you're about to see a flood of pods uh, coming into your feed over the next week or so. We are going to be sitting down and we're going to be doing bowl season daily. It was something that we did last year. Basically, every morning when you get up, there's going to be a very short, about 10 to 15 minute podcast just previewing that day's bowl action. Uh, they will include picks, sure, but also just kind of a table setter to get you uh, set for you know, what's going to be going on in college football in the bowl season that day. Uh, we may also have some breakout videos for that, which you can always see at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash cover three. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Tom Pennell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.